Good evening, good morrow, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode two of An Interview with a Master. Here we have welcome to the studio a wonderful brother, an incredible educator, and a sharer of light on the digital webs, a place that is always seemingly dark. Brother Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, brother. This so, means a lot. First thing first, let's let's give a rundown. I know your audience is going to know you know, everything that they can search and find about you, but uh, who is Brother Tyler McKenzie? <clears throat> well, I am a father, a husband, as well as an author, and I uh, make music, uh, hip-hop music um, on YouTube, and then as well, I entertain on TikTok, um, and then I also have another channel where I get into the exo and esoterics of things and kind of touch on some Freemason stuff as well as just spiritual and enlighten, enlightening ideas. So, so we've got uh, Dirty Toes Productions and then we have Harper Crates. Yes. Are there any other accounts in particular that you, you run? Or, well, yeah, what's your YouTube channel? Is that also Dirty Toes Production? Yes. All around, I pretty much go by the Dirty Toes Production. Uh, that's where I do a lot of my entertainment stuff, as well as my uh, music, um, as well as I do have a book out, um, which is called Shit Happens, um, spelt with an I, or spelt with an X, not an I, um, but so we kind of utilize that for the entertainment side of everything, and then mm -hmm. Harpocrates is for the education and uh, Masonic stuff. Harpocrates. Well, I'm an idiot, and I'm sorry I've been butchering that, so I keep telling you Harpocrates, <laughs> not Harpocrates, that's which makes like hypocrites i'm an idiot so thank you for that for that that lesson of education thank you that's wow i'm embarrassed um <laughs> no it's it's okay uh, actually a lot of uh people on tiktok they they say it exactly the same harper crates um in your name you can't put the little the thing on the top <laughs> and i was trying to and it just kept telling me i couldn't do it i'm like people are just going to keep calling me crates and actually <laughs> They keep calling me milk crates because of that whole milk crate thing going on. So that is the weirdest thing. And, and I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I'm I'm uneducated. I don't know enough about it in regards to. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I feel like I came in onto the inside of it after like a week TikTok sabbatical, and it was just everywhere. I want to I I want to post a viral conspiracy theory like that. I mean, some of these people get massive content off of just posting whatever and i mean <laughs> to each to their own i just i think i'm doing it wrong yeah we're doing something wrong i don't know i, I think if we went that way we could definitely blow up real big i don't <laughs> even know what happened with my channel but your channel was actually i feel like that it's been some one of it's been one of my uh my favorite like growth stories has been looking at your channel in particular how would you how, how would you describe that and it seems like in the last i don't know six months or so you've gone i mean you just you're almost twenty thousand followers now on tiktok yeah and actually i did that um i would say within about four months good god because it, <laughs> it it i came on i i know a few people on uh tiktok that um, their channels are just good grow channels. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that's what their purpose is, is to get channels to grow. <clears throat> and they're not like normal grow channels where there's just so much talking going on. You can't interact or anything. There's a lot of people there and that's, what's mm -hmm. great is for that growth. But, 
um, I go, I went there and just talked with in those chats and at least got myself up to a thousand. But once I hit a thousand, I don't know what happened. Like I just hit that one video. It was the tour of my lodge and that was a good just, video. I remember I can distinctly remember that one. In fact, that one, that one caused me to do the Googles on, on Sandoval Lodge because I wanted to say, I was like, that's a gorgeous square and compass out front it's a very uh look very magnanimous phasing through it yeah and and uh, like that just grabbed everybody's attention because most people view us as so secretive that we don't even show the inside of our lodge so mm -hmm. i'm like let's go into the most secretive building in my state and kind right. of made it mysterious and they, it intrigues them and wanting to come in and most of them, they're like, I, I don't like when people have episodes and parts and part one, part two, part three. And I'm like, well, I'm about to smack them with part 14. <laughs> Let's get it on. And I, I have so many views just throughout that. It's amazing the connections, though, that it gives. The educational con, like, like integrity behind, like just on, on a Masonic level, that was where the part where I, I really feel like, to uh, be honest, that was what got me on the follow. That's what got me driven on to wanting to share and engage more with you and your content was was clearly something was inspiring you to to be very what i would call masonically ballsy um in regards to like presentation on the internet uh personally i love your approach this is the approach that i like i i, I pushed for when i first started in masonry but i got a lot of resistance and i mean a lot of resistance from my lodge from the those the only brethren I knew within the craft were like, yeah, no, that's the wrong. Like you don't talk about, you don't share that. That's only for those inside the lodge. And they didn't treat it as you know the secrets bound an obligation that we don't reveal. But you know they really you know there was a fine there's a fine line of separation. And when I got on and I saw your content where you were openly educating and and going basically diving headfirst into conspiracy theories to address them. That shit's incredible. What what inspired you to do that? Well, um, Widow Miho was part of it. Um, but I would say the biggest part is the way today's generation is, they want transparency. They want to know what things are about before they get a part of it. They, it there's They like the mystery as well, and it's good to capture them by that. But to be able to know something of what you're getting a part of helps that much more in mm -hmm. their comfortability of asking, well, anything further. And so I just, I'm, I noticed that some of the brethren on TikTok and not to talk bad, but they come with sometimes um, an aggressive approach um, or kind of a sarcastic approach or, and I was like, I'm the type of person that I deal with so many channels um, mm. through the Dirty Toast production. I moderate well over 150 to 200 channels. And um, me having that, that, um, that knowledge, and I've been doing it for almost 10 years, having that knowledge, I know how to be level. And I know how to go to different channels and mod their channels the way they want it. Mm -hmm. and be able to notice a troll or notice something that's going to go bad or twisted and notice it before the the host is going to view it before he even trips into their bait right. so i i i'm so level with that that i can even when somebody does come in and want to troll i can talk to him nicely 
and like even ask them what's wrong are, are you having a bad day and sometimes they'll flip and they'll be like yeah actually this happened today and you can tell they're being genuine and then you're now talking to somebody that was first coming in to attack and now you got them talking and you've diffused the situation yes and i know and i'm not saying it's bad that the brethren are doing their part but if they are already gonna do that i'm very sarcastic i'm a crude comedian rapper so yeah <laughs> so i can be funny and do that so but i was like if they're already taking that approach then we need a brother that's taking this approach mm -hmm. where they're completely level. Sometimes they're funny and humorous, mm -hmm. which I have some of my humor, but I'm not really satire and I'm not like right. really crude about it. I just put a little humor in there to spice things up. Yeah. And, and when you're humorous, it's definitely extreme enough that you notice it is in the sense that it's not like you can clearly tell you're playing on, 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 you know, on a part of the story, not, yeah, and I even allow them to know and you know, the little title thing, Masonic humor. I'm trying to be funny. I'm just wanting to give you something. And so if we're going to have this approach, we do need this approach. Mm -hmm. And my state is kind of behind with things, in my opinion, with social media. This mm -hmm. is my opinion. Um, and they are in that mind frame, as you explained, um, where it's like, there's only so much you say we should mm -hmm. keep people in the dark um the mystery and stuff is what brings people in and it's like yes but even when you tell people stuff they don't understand what we're saying no you i mean do, that's fair and they don't still fully know what we're talking about until they get there and until they do the education and get part of everything now they will get it um and so what i want to do is i want to broaden as much as i can tell them Mm -hmm. But I want to give it as much as just my opinion so that I am not ruining things at the same time. I like that approach. I, I think that's definitely, you know, it's like you're, you're educating, but you're, you're not necessarily allowing them to their imagination to potentially take what media and, and our society, our, our social media may drive it into. I mean, I'll be honest, my first, okay. So let me roll back. What, um, what was looking at you and your Masonic career, what what in what induced you to become a Freemason? What 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 brought you to the fraternity and craft? About roughly ten years ago, me and my wife were in a DWI collision, um, oh. where me and her were disabled, and the two people in the other car uh, passed away. Uh, the mm. two people in the other car were the ones that were drinking and driving, but their choices changed my wife and my course for the rest of our lives. Um, mm. So because we can't work and do those things, we are always trying to find little projects and little things to do to make ends meet, make life work. Right. But it, we also had the, we were sitting in darkness in a sense um, for about two years after the collision because dealing with attorneys and doctors and family now not wanting to talk to you because you're more of an inconvenience because you're now disabled and not able mm. um just so much where you're just like you know what i don't like the world i i hate the world and that's not me that's not the type of person i am and that's why mm. i became such an inconvenience to some people because i was so helpful that when i couldn't help at all and i'm asking for help they're like oh well you can't help me and that's they a lot of them came back around later and they they even said it was hard for them to deal with us being disabled 
And that helps me to be in a, in a good mind frame because they are dealing with it too. Mm-hmm. And they're going to deal with me, my disabilities in a different way as well. So I accepted what, the way they took it, but it hurt. So I'm, I, I was looking for purpose. I was looking for something to be a part of, be in my community. So I'm not a, even an inconvenience in my own eyes that I'm just laying there in bed crying about my pain. So my wife and I did research into a bunch of charities and a lot of them, I understand how the organizations run and I respect it, but most of the money that they raise stays in the organization to help it run and function because their members don't pay dues. So only a small percentage of it actually goes out. And to me, it's not full true charity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my wife was like well wasn't your grandfather a mason i said yeah he was but that's conspiracy stuff i don't want to get into that and she's like no no i read morals and dogma and it has nothing to do with all that crazy stuff oh, she, so your that. wife was your was the motivator for like the the what i would call the level line there that's incredible yeah. what what on earth she do a reading morals and dogma <laughs> that's awesome that's insane I, I've, well like, she she um she was on some travels in life and um and one of the places she stopped was in uh washington dc or it might have been maryland don't quote me on that but it was somewhere in the east coast and she saw a statue of albert pike and he Mm -hmm. was holding the book morals and dogma in his hand and she just was like what's so important about this why this you know just albert pike check it out (laughs) yeah yeah and so she's like I'm, I'm going to look into that. While she was there, there's a library. She looked for it. She got it. She was reading it while she was out there. Um, and she's like, I did more research into masonry and found it's more of a charity organization. I was like, all right, well, fine. I'll start. I'll research it. So I did the next best thing. Then typing in Freemasonry. Don't type in Freemasonry. If you want to find stuff on Freemasonry, be direct. If you want to know what masonry does in your city, your state, type in your state name and then freemasonry and it'll bring you to truth so that's kind of what i did and yeah, I you gotta, gotta get relative with it or yeah uh, get you know like don't just be ge- you know generic that makes yeah. sense and because it, they, they, it uses algorithms and i noticed mason pages they don't use freemason a lot they use well yeah no it's kind of like a, it's it's yeah it's funny i noticed that, like we're we're masons we're not free and I mean, not that we aren't but it's not necessarily something it's just it's not in the vernacular so that's funny yeah. i didn't i didn't ever catch that and conspiracy like, conspirators they do it all kinds they they every like sentence is like well the freemasons do this and the freemasons do that and the freemasons do this that's and so s- I'm like, sign number one yeah so they don't say new mexico freemasons or alabama freemasons so if you type that in you change the whole algorithm so it started bringing me to stuff here in my state and so i started reading that and i'm like this isn't all that stuff that they were saying it is hmm so i went to a lodge and it went from there i wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me mm-hmm. um and not saying masonry is bigger than me the charity the idea the yeah. the the come together the brotherhood the relief the just everything about it and i wanted to give back to my community as well as make myself a better man because at that time within that two years of that just breakdown of me 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't a better man. I was still mm-hmm. a good man, but I wasn't a better man and I could right. be better. And I didn't want to stay in that dark hole anymore. So me and my wife, we traveled out and I'm a brother now. And, and, and welcome. And that brings up, and that, and that runs us up. So you're currently the junior warden of Sandoval Lodge, right? I believe if I've, if I've got that correct, if I did my Googles, I was, I was on your lodge's <laughs> website and on the grand lodge's website. Did you check our newsletter? I did actually. The trestle board. Uh-huh. Yep. I was, that, look, I was looking is, through the, some of the different, it was, it was August's uh, trestle board. My, my wife completely puts that together herself, other than some of the stuff is articles from brethren giving it to her, but she puts all together every bit of that. No. Okay. So is she a part of OES? No. Wow. She, she is probably the most active wife in Freemasonry. Like she's not a Mason and she can't be, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she loves Masonry and loves what it's doing for me and her mm-hmm. just growing us and giving us purpose. I mean, when we first walked in the doors, they saw me walk in with a cane and a limp. And I mean, if you walk into a job, the first thing they ask you, well, what can't you do? <laughs> we need to know what you can't do. Um, and that was actually what a lot of friends and family said right after our collision. But when I walked through those doors in masonry, I walked in, they said, what can you do? What can you do for masonry? That And, and uh, what do you want from masonry? Not, not negatives. It was all positives. And that just blew me away. That initiation, not initiation, that initial experience with the fraternity for so many brethren. And oftentimes I think this is, you know, to lean back on kind of your point on the need to have what I would say is like the, the straightforward and real um, uh, kindly blunt Mason rather than the real ironic or satirical when it comes to educating. It has to do with that initial experience and even, you know, why we convey what we convey, the way we convey it emanates so often from the experience and creating a positive experience for people from start to finish. And you were met with this positive experience that helped, helped anger you. And you know, the reasons why you would want to be here. And the fact that your wife has looked at you and that's where she drives value from the fraternity is how it has caused change for you. And in your life together, that's, that's remarkable. I, to be honest, I, I, I try, I would love to get my wife involved in Freemasonry. Every time I start talking, she's like, I love you, honey, but you don't, <laughs> Just, just stop. It's okay. Uh, you can go to lodge. You need to go to library. Go. Just shut up. <laughs> but she's, you know, she's very supportive of it in that could yeah. in, in that space. That's just wow. So has I mean, has she ever thought about joining OES, or is it more she's happy being what I would say is probably your right hand? Um, she's really happy with being as you're saying my right hand. My daughter, um, she's in Job's Daughters, which is a female uh, female youth organization. Um, and she's going through the line in Job's Daughters, and I'm going through the line in um, Blue Lodge. So, um, my cat opened the cabinet. <laughs> so, me um, going through that, and my daughter going through that, me and my wife being disabled, it is kind of hard for us sometimes to do a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, my daughter, we have like three and a half more years uh, until she's 18. Um, and then she can, we'll be there to still always support her, but then she can kind of take her own reins at Joe's mm-hmm. daughter until she's 21. Um, but 
um, and then at that point, I'll be done with the line at, at, in Blue Lodge. And then we were going to talk about maybe joining OES together and go through that and may, maybe something else. But we're putting we don't like to make those types of goals yet. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, always have long term goals, but some things don't worry about until the time comes. So we're more just focused on let's get dinners done because I'm junior warden. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, the amount of work that goes into simple things like business dinners, just, and then other places where I was, you know, you know, passive aspect to really the work you're doing, which is updating, which is modernizing, you know, you're junior warden, which means in just a bit, you're really, you know, you're kind of going to be coming to that point. I know it's an elected position, but usually junior, senior, worshipful yeah. um, you know I mean? You're going to be coming to, yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. I can't imagine why not. Especially with the, like the engagement you drive, because that's the you know, engagement and education. These are things which I would call are maybe cold world, I, cold war ideals of the fraternity, it seems. But it used to be what we were really about was engagement and, and prolific identification of our fraternity alongside of alongside of common communal goals and projects. You know, may, there's a reason that a lodge is almost in every town and or was at some point in time a town hall or a building you know like it, it, it's a part of the history it's not just not it ain't just a boys club it's not just the elks lodge i mean you're talking the people who founded our country people who founded your city you know little leaders and big leaders oftentimes gathered together on these precepts of of hope faith and charity and so inevitably when you talk about that i, I i'm like yes that's that, that is the best fucking answer you could give i love it i love it Okay, so now as you're in the line, as you're as you're going through this uh, this path, tell me tell me what do you what what would you hope for your lodge uh, as worshipful master? I wish that they're able to get the right education that they need and want, as well as the connections in the lodge, as well as out of the lodge that they need to uh, grow as people so that we can grow our lodge, um, find things that will make us more active, um, make it more fun. Um, mm. I think one thing I wanna to bring to the table when I master is I wanna make fun out of masonry, not make fun of masonry, but make mm. fun out of it. Um, it. We need to have jokes, we need to have fun. We need to make even, I mean, I think almost every lodge I've visited, there's always that one brother that stands up at one point and gives a joke. It always, there's always that one joke guy. Yeah. And I mean, whatever it is for a degree or for our, every meeting or whatever it is, there's that one brother that, hey, I got the joke of the day. And we leave it at that though. Like the best camaraderie I've had being at lodge is the times where we're messing up ritual. Mm. <laughs> we're laughing about it <laughs> we're just, like, just keep going keep rolling. Just just, go don't stop yeah. we'll make it through <laughs> i got you but and then to the, the every so often that joke that does get made so and i noticed that's what makes it more lively so why why make lodge meetings mundane why mm. make presentations mundane let's have that goat joke every so often <laughs> let's let's absolutely I mean, even in like a TikTok, let's just throw up rock on and they're like, oh, they're, they're evil. No, that's rock on, man. I like, mean, you know, enjoy it, dude. Keep it hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So it, it, it's about being ourselves and showing that we are regular people. That's important. I I like that one a lot, especially with the with the be yourself. Because I struggle. I mean, to be honest, I struggle with that. So what what would you suggest to you know? You've got a new candidate or a new an entered apprentice coming to your lodge, and he's really he's a little out there. He's different. We live in a society full of different people, especially today. You know that that have openly stepped out of boxes and openly come into places where they where judgment and fear of being judged stops and prevents a lot of people right. from moving. What yeah. would you do or what would you say to that, you know, that young mason who's really afraid to be themselves in lodge? You know, they feel like they they need to be this this colonial form, this, you know, but but they're they're in love with the symbols. You know, they're an esoteric spiritual symbolist like Michelle, but they don't necessarily, you know, conform to some of the other aspects of it, but they love the camaraderie. They engage in that esoteric study. What would you say to them or what would you encourage for them? I say because a lot of members that come in definitely as EAs, a lot of them definitely feel everything's kind of mundane because they think that they're new. They're just an EA. They don't have like a voice. Mm -hmm. And I say the same thing to them as I say to a fellow craft, as well as a master Mason and even a prospect, one that's been coming in and maybe is even petitioned. Mm -hmm. This is your lodge. Even if you haven't been voted on yet, you want to be here, correct? Well, yeah, I do. Okay. This is your lodge. Start speaking up now. Okay. Tell what you want. Even at, even as a prospect, what do you want for masonry? What, what are you searching for? What do you want masonry to give back to you? Mm -hmm. um, ask these questions and be verbal, be straightforward, be from the heart. And make sure you think before you speak, though. Yeah, no, that's an but, important thing. I, I like that. But speak from the heart, because the heart is what we're looking for. When you come into masonry, you don't care about your politics. We don't care about your religion. That doesn't show who a person is. Your heart does. So speak from the heart, but let it go through the brain before it comes through the mouth. And, but definitely, once you are voted on, and you are initiated, and you are an inner apprentice, fellowcraft or master mason you are now in the lodge that is your lodge open your mouth when you have something to say speak it if the lodge doesn't like it they'll vote it down or vote for it or whatever and have discussion um but also don't allow that type of stuff to detour you because sometimes bringing new things to the plate when they hear it the first time it might not be accepted be consistent, but also don't be too pushy. Consistent, mm. but persistent. Yeah. Let them know these are great things. And then maybe even try it yourself and show them your progress and then present it to them again so they can go, hmm. And for an example, as I came into the lodge, I was always saying, hey, I got these ideas for these wristbands and this little token we can do and raise money. And they're like, no. <laughs> or well yeah that's a good idea but i don't know and it, they kept doing that and that kept detouring me i'm like well fine i'm not going to come up with any more ideas but right as i said that i went oh wait wait hold on oh, i don't like that and i went i'm gonna go do these wristbands on my own i'm gonna go do the, these token things on my own and i'm gonna sell them on my own and when i get the money i'm gonna give it to them and then they're gonna go oh now I see what he says. I love but now that I did that, everything else I say now 
now they're more willing to be like, you got an idea, run with it. Instead of, I don't know, because they've seen what I can do. This is really interesting in regards to like, just I'm kind of having some personal epiphanies when you describe this journey. Cause it's one thing, you know, it just, it relates a lot to me. And I take, I just, I'm like, I can hear, I hear that because I feel like it's a, something I struggled with as a young Mason starting both excited, but oftentimes hindered because that youthful ambition of an entered apprentice, both in life, right? You know, you can be a master Mason and there's this lovely paradox of being both an entered apprentice at all times, always learning, always simply working on just consistent action in a positive way. And then other times you're a fellow craft. And what I really heard when you described what you did was that when if I'm starting, you need to remember that this is a scholarly, you know, scholarly fraternity. It's based on education, if nothing else, repetition, uh, you know, clear, clear dictation where possible and to present yourself accordingly. You know, if you're going to make an argument go back to science, you know, let's, you know, what was your theory? Did you think it was going to work? Did you provide evidence? Did you do it? Did you take example? Did you act like a master Mason at the trestle or did you, were you wait, you know, did you like, you know, is it, is this stone good? is this you know are these marks right and i like that that was not really something that i kind of like i i realized that i did that i i i approached it like an entered apprentice later definitely like a fellow craft pain in the ass to all of my lodge with my repetitive like hey what about this and and like <laughs> we need to get a facebook page and da, 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 da. and eventually they're like you should just shut up <laughs> no actually they, they i never said that's a lot they they never gave me that response but there was definitely that space like you need to learn more before you talk you know, and sometimes was... they have that. Yeah. And I, and I understand sometimes where they're coming from, but we're in such a progressive day and age that I do have to say to some of them is you need to listen to the youth. The youth know what they want and they know what they're looking for. And I know what got my attention and I know what's catching a lot of these other people's attention. So we need to listen to them. And I'm not even just meaning they need to listen to just me. They need to listen to you. They need to listen to all of the youth, even ones that are not Masons yet. The younger men that listen to what people want. And I understand we can't give out certain secrets, even if they wanted it, mm -hmm. but we can still give them some type of personal experience with us to where we can help them grow to where they become more interested in us. I mean, how can you know to even ask about something that you don't even know exists? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's that you, the, what you don't know that you don't know, you know, it's like that percentage of information just, just gets infinitely larger. Back in the day, we kind of relied on people to tell their children about it and and get their families and friends involved maybe not i know that it was you either had to be invited or ask one but to some degree i mean who wouldn't ask their son hey come to dinner come to this dinner hey and then they come and then they want to get involved but at one point we just like stopped talking about everything so much to where we didn't even know our parents or our uncles or our grandparents were even masons until they die yeah and then until they have now that, we, you know now the men have, came out of the woodwork to perform yeah and now they they don't have no one to ask and they they don't have any connection so they just kind of forget about it and then they see me or you on tiktok and they're like hey it's somebody i can ask hey my grandfather or this and then we can reconnect them to that so but it takes us being in the present 
you know, it's funny, you know, uh, fraternity, which is so based in ancient allegory, you know, the, 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 that, that ends up being what I would call like our, our tetetet of survival, um, you know, of, of existing in a progressive space is really moving, moving. It's, it's movement. It's changing and shifting something that, you know, looking into the next space. And I think it's, I think it's incredibly kind and considerate of you to say, to listen to those, those, you know, those younger generations, those younger Masons, because that's not, that's not the opinion I've heard from a lot of others, you know, emanating in a space that we need to get back to more traditional values. We need to get back to more, you know, more of the rigid, more of the, the, I wouldn't call separatist, but more of the elitist aspects you know, where we're drawing more lines about what qualifies a good man versus not. So when you look, then, you know, considering this, let's, let's, let's roll in a positive aspect. You know, let's, we do it 10 years from now. What do, what do you think the fraternity internationally looks like? And we can, we can keep it, you know, locally, because I know that internationally, the fraternity is very different, but, you know, just in 10 years from now, what, what do you think? What do you think it's going to look like? I honestly think if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to grow massively. Now we're going to have some declines because uh, even these people that are getting on TikTok and seeing things are still going to have that national treasure mind frame. And when they get in, it's going to fade away and they're not going to want to stay. But I think there's going to be because of our transparency to some degree and just being personal with people and being able to have these one on one conversations with them. I think we're going to have a big growth. I think if we become more traditional about things again, back 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, I think that will actually it will make us in it as it the best words I could use like yours, more elitist type of way. Like you've got to be held to this way higher standard. And I said earlier that we should show people that we are just regular people like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want it to be taken wrong as in then it doesn't matter to hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just because we're holding ourselves to a higher standard does not make us better than anybody else. So like just because I'm holding myself to higher standard doesn't mean I can't meet these people on the same level and show them I'm just as funny and fun loving and entertaining as the next guy. Um, that's who I am. This is the type of person I am. So we need to show that we're just people that do hold ourselves to a higher standard, but we're just like you <laughs> and you can be just like me. You see, I like that's that the point. I, I like that. <laughs> All right. So when we've, you know, speaking about that individual journey and going into that space of really what would motivate an individual to want to be better or to, you know, to look inward at some of the things that they've done outward. Let's talk about, you know, your book, Shit Happens. So what, what brought this into reality? I mean, bullying is something that everybody has a everybody on some level is going to have experience with, but not a lot of people talk about, I mean, I know we're coming to an era now where it's, you know, more prevalent, it's more, but a a lot of people are really quiet about it. What brought this to the forefront for you? And why did you want to speak out? Well, just like you said, everybody's going to have some type of experience with it. Either they were a bully or they were a victim of bullying or they watched family or friends that experienced bullying and they kind of experienced it from the outside viewing in. 
Um, and when I grew up, I was highly bullied um, for all kinds of different things from the spacing between my teeth to just you're a faggot or whatever they're going to call you. Shit kids say. Yeah, shit happens, right? Um, and the type of things I noticed is people around them were always fighting against it. And I just noticed it always escalated. Um, I was always the type of person that you talk crap to me, I'd pop you in the mouth. I didn't handle crap. Like, I did not handle it. I was in a fight almost every single day in school. Um, and my dad, around like ninth, 10th grade, was like, okay, Tyler you really need to cut this out. And I'm like, dad, these kids are evil at school. You don't understand. Like they're just mean. And I have no other thing to do than to defend myself. And I just had this moment where I was sitting there going, there's gotta be another way. There has to be another way. Batman says so. Um, <laughs> who else kid, i mean that, right? i mean come on you, you know <laughs> there's always another way um but so i started going to school and instead of popping them in the mouth i started asking them what's wrong what i'm hurting and i want to lash out and pop them in the mouth well why are they lashing out at me something's going on in their life and I found out some of them were abused at home or they were uh, picked on by other kids at school, but now they're around me and they can lash out on me because I seemed weaker than them. And sometimes I made the greatest friends from those bullies, like, and they completely changed from being a bully. So a bully I'm never against because that person can become a good person again mm -hmm. and get out of being bullied because usually it's, they don't understand you or they've been attacked so much. They don't know how to react to you so mm -hmm. let's teach people let's guide them mm. um so around 16 i i started noticing i was even getting bullied into them calling me a columbine because they noticed how much i was bullied and so they saw how much i was bullied they're like you're going to be one of those kids to shoot up the school because you get bullied so much and what they're not realizing is you're still bullying me you're telling me what i'm going to become mm -hmm. and i'm like Okay, so I got into creative writing class and my teacher said, write something very controversial. What's more controversial than being in high school and writing a Columbine style story? Did you? Oh, my God, that's I was just like, shit. <laughs> and she went, OK, Tyler, <laughs> you did exactly what I said. <laughs> And I should have known better. It's like, you get an A. I'm not marking the grade. Yeah. Oh, my God. I did get an A. Um, but she's like, you went a little far. But one of the kids, because we had to read it to, into the class, and um, oh, one of the kids in class was like, that would be an amazing book. Because I still had teaching stuff in the little quick thing I did for class. And they were like, that would make a good book if you could broaden it. And I was all, nah, whatever. But hey, I'm in creative writing class, and sometimes you have time to pass and write. Hey. So I was like, I want to help people, and I want to guide them from thinking I have to kill myself. I want to guide them from thinking I have to shoot up my school. I want to guide them from thinking 
I want to go and kill my parents. And I know I'm sounding a little dark here, but um, I mean, unfortunately not, to be honest, when it comes to reality, <laughs> like, like, you know, you're, you're, which is, you know, at one point in time, that was dark. But today it's a reality. We live in yeah. such a twisted space with macro little bubbles of abuse that don't get addressed or handled or, or just thought about in, in a constructive way. So and no, that, I mean, that right there is why I wrote my book is because all these documentaries and all these books and all these self-help things with bullying and getting over bullying and trauma, they sugarcoat things way too much, in my opinion. And with my book, I didn't sugarcoat a thing. I gave it to you exactly how it is with, I mean, the only sugarcoating, I guess I did is I took the eye out of shit. I was about to say, I could, I could. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only censoring I kind of did with the book. But other than that, I gave it to everybody as is, and I wanted to change lives. I wanted to show them that there's another outlet. You can make music like I do. You can write a journal, you can write a book and put it out there to the world. And I even wrote a song called shit happens to promote my book. And that's on YouTube. And in that, I, I even really hammer that to the people in one of my verses. You don't have to go shoot up your school. Go write a book or make some hip hop like I just did. Like you're listening to an outlet right here. You're hearing the thing that I did that, you know, I like that. I like that. Well, I need to go listen to this song. Cause that's actually, that's, cause you know, cause that was one of the first things when I'm, we, 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 we met and began our internet friendship on a live. I was doodling um, and you came on and you, you gathered up a bunch of brethren and started the, the Facebook page, the number one, the Masonic uh, Masonic. I can never remember the TikTok Masonic Lodge, number one, number one, yes. I, however it goes that, and you formed that and you founded that. And it started with this space, you know, you basically presented yourself as an esoteric rapper as a, you know, a, and that immediately caught my interest because the amount of times and like shameful hours I spend in front of this microphone and some free instrumental beat trying to take an esoteric or spiritual like thing that I've got in my head. And I want to try to, you know, spin it into a medium that I feel like both catches you, you feel it, et cetera. You know, it's at the root of R&B and or, uh, rap. And, but I've not done it successfully. So when you're like, I, you know, like this is something I've been working on again. I was like, oh, that's, that's really cool. So I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to research and understand more about this. Um, so look, let's look at Dirty, Dirty Toes Productions. Um, what are you currently working on? Any individual, any, any larger projects, anything that, that, uh, Anything that we, we, we could highlight, sponsor, or take into a, take into a dive? Um, well, with everything that I release, I like to release them as acronyms um, because sometimes I like to play games with people. Mm -hmm. um, and the main game is try and guess the name um, of whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, so right now I'm working on an album called BS. So most people are going to probably take it a certain way which is fine. Go ahead. That's what I want you to do. Um, and then I'm going to slam it to you what it actually means in the end. And then you go, Oh, okay. Well, that was not what I thought it would be, <laughs> but, uh, so I'm working on BS right now. And I think I'm like five or six songs in. And actually today I, uh, just jotted down a whole new rap and I now need to perfect it. And then there'll be a new song coming here soon. Um, and then, that's mainly the main stuff I work on with Dirty Toes. And then the, the other thing that I'm going to be doing is the TikToks. I need to get back into the Dirty Toes production TikToks. Um, but I feel I was doing something wrong. And that is I kind of strayed off of the course of what the Dirty Toes does. 
mm-hmm. and I'm going to go in and actually delete all that stuff. And then I'm going to get back on to the page that I was on and get it going again. But I needed to, uh, I started Harpo crates and that Harpo crates, that just, it really, I mean, it and blew I, up. I had to pay attention to that for a moment. Um, it, it got overwhelming. So mm. now that it's kind of leveled out, it's still rising pretty quickly but it's it's a level it's a pretty good level rise not like straight up you kind of get back to a little more of a consistent yeah i like entertaining everybody and actually it's no offense to harpocrates or masonry but sometimes that gets mundane it's a niche man and oh i totally get that the (laughs) amount of times i want to hop on i'm like oh there's this there's a there's a viral tiktok thing that looked funny as hell i want to do it and then i it's i'm like that's that inevitably is not what the niche you know, like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like, I know that a lot of like the people constantly engage, they're either like the free mate, they're like, they're, they support me because we've had some Masonic education or, you know, it's not like it, it caught more fire and attention on the channel than I expected talking about Freemasonry. And in general, like that was one of the first like attentive TikToks I made was one like, this is what Freemasonry is or means to me or whatever. And I'm like, well, that blow up way more than i expected so when you dive back into doing more esoteric things i actually created ended up creating a separate tiktok to try to piece out that you know to, to, to pull it away because i felt like it got so niched into masonry yeah like when i i, I was so blown away because i put so much work into all my tiktoks on the dirty toes production like so much work people have no idea on some of those videos it t- sometimes takes me like an hour because sometimes then you delete stuff and then you had to redo it You're over like, ah, son of a, absolutely but, oh god no one will I know up, the amount of effort I put up that one video where i fall into my suit and then it transitions and i'm in it yeah. everybody's like dude you did so good on that transition i screwed up that's how it got so good like i screwed up that thing and i released it and then i had to cut it out and i had to re-release it with this edit in there and i was like oh my god this thing's gonna suck and somehow in its re-uploading uh the whatever happened the glitch in it uploading actually set everything just right to where it came out perfect that and was like, slick i remember <laughs> that one i mean you just like that was home i mean coming accident. out looking fine it's yeah and then but and i took like three or four takes on that and then that blew up and that i didn't do anything and i'm like what the hell? And that's the <laughs> one that threw me up through the roof. And I was like, and then, and then I, a little bit like right after that, I put out the uh, tour of the lodge and then that one just. And so you basically could kind of pivot off some of that success yeah. and attention from one to the other. I mean, damn. All right. And that, that's why I want to get back to the dirty toes production too, is I don't want people to think though, that I am doing all of Harper Crates to get attention. to get views yes it matters because it's a channel and you want it to grow and Mm -hmm. yes you want the attention to so people are getting the education why else would i be giving education right but it's not like look at me look at me what i'm doing i really don't care for hat chasing i really don't care for title chasing Mm -hmm. um i i have the dirty toes production for that and that's why i do want to get back to that so that there i can be all hee and doing my thing and yeah. i can have it separated and so that people do understand that i'm never doing this for that i'm doing it for your education i'm doing it for you to have enlightenment because in all reality i already have it i already have it 
It's already here. It's already here. And the only reason I'm giving this is so you have light. So you have something to go research. And that's how I can be selfless with the light that I hold. And I believe that God and my brethren want light to be shined out there, even when they're saying, I don't know if we should be saying all of this. They do. They light want shines, right? We don't decide <laughs> what becomes of what that light touches. So I feel who, re who really wants to do that to light? Who wants to do that? No, right. Nobody, right. nobody. And especially a brother shouldn't want to. So let's spread as much light as we can, but not too much to where we are harming ourselves, but not keeping it so secret that we're harming ourselves. Well, brother, what a, what a fantastic closing point. And likewise, I think that, that that encapsulates entirely some of the motivations and the questions that we've asked and we've gone through in this space. I feel like I, I, I know you better now, and I really want to buy your book. So, you know, <laughs> nothing else. This is a great sales pitch, but no, I'm, I, I'm excited. And I think that's one of those things for any of our viewers who are on, for any of those who are listening, you've got to get over to the Amazon. There's going to be a link both down in the description over on the YouTube posted on our website for shit happens uh, written by brother Tyler McKenzie, a wonderful author, phenomenal storyteller and an incredible content creator. Thank you for joining us. Was there anything I can leave you with? Would you like to send us off? Um, if I can just have my little thing to say, and I know yeah. you probably have your thing too, but no, no, go. Um, come on. I always like to tell everybody to remember that even in your darkest hour, you can be a lighthouse to someone in their darkest year. Life never gives you more than you can handle. You just got to find the handles, grab on, and hold on for the ride because life is a roller coaster and it sure will get bumpy. And if I don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Thank you for having me on here, brother. And I really appreciate this. Oh, this was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me. Have a wonderful one. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Be well, and we'll see you on our next one. Peace, brother.